Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Although Sawdust Studios are not conducive to the long-term functioning of technology due to the detritus generated by dozens of wood and metal-based projects, it is much to commend itself as a climatological mecca during a heat wave of unparalleled proportion due to its proximity to a recently serviced air conditioner. Go Steelers! Go Steelers! Say go Steelers! Go Steelers! Welcome to the Steelers Outpost Podcast, a proud member of the Armchair All-Americans Network. It's July 19th, 2020. This is Tom coming to you from that sawdust studio in Washington, D.C. Nick comes to me from, well, he comes to you, too. He comes to both of us from the Houston Outpost as he looks at me quizzically. No, I'm not not looking at you. I'm thinking how much I would give to have a fixed air conditioner because I actually just put in a service request for our air conditioner over here in Houston, and that is notable because the chances of us literally dying from heat in our apartment uh, have skyrocketed recently and uh, we're gonna need that air conditioning because it's heating up all over the country it's heating up in the nba it's heating up in the nhl and if you really wanted to heat up you can put some scoots on it let's bet baby betonline.ag no shortage of action going on with our partners at betonline.ag Part of the reason why this podcast is a possibility. The sports world is quickly making its way back. Look, the leagues are starting up. The NFL is pretending like there's no pandemic and they're just assuming we're going to start up and it's going to be business as usual. We can bet on how quickly are they going to shut down. But you can also bet on the NBA because they're in a bubble. They had a plan for the situation. You can bet on the Penguins versus the Penguins. Gensel, two goals in the intra-squad or intra-squad Intra? Intra-squad scrimmage the other day for the Penguins. Uh, you can even bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening live every day for our devout gamblers to check out and, you know, make a little something happen. They offer hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and the best props in the business. Visit betonline.ag on your computer or mobile device and join now. To receive your welcome bonus, betonline.ag. Ching, your online wagering experts. We want to play, and hashtag we want you to play. Right. This is the social media blitz that the NFL players are putting on this week. Everything from Russell Wilson pointing out that he has a pregnant wife, to everybody else pointing out, you know, there's no plan. JJ Watt put together, I'm sure, provided by the NFLPA a nice list of the things that still haven't been decided or at least communicated to the players. Everything ranging from whether there's a mandate to show up for training camp, is there any opt-out option, what are they going to do, how's testing going to work? None of that stuff has been laid out, and guess what? Training camp starts tomorrow for several teams. The NFL's plan for COVID is similar to Jerry Seinfeld's plan for his sitcom. 
It's a show about nothing. Nothing. Yeah, it's a show about nothing. It's a plan. It's it's nothing. There's no plan. That's the beauty of it. Well, 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 what do you say that we make a couple plans for something? No, Jerry Jones, we won't. It's nothing. That's the plan. That's the beauty of it. We want to play. It is funny that the NFL players have created this hashtag. We're seeing a lot of big-time names tweet about it. Like you said, Russell Wilson, J.J. Watt, Drew Brees, Patrick Mahomes, the billion-dollar man himself. We're going to round up on that one. They have to tweet, we want to play, because there are some fans out there who want to who constantly want to oversimplify this stuff to, you get paid millions of dollars to play a game. Get out there and entertain us, boys. Wow. I, it always cracks me up when an adult, or excuse me, someone over the age of 11 tweets online about how much football players get paid as if it's being taken out of our tax dollars or something. It's a product that gets bought and sold strictly by people who want it. Advertisers, people who go to games, people who buy jerseys and merch. They're not getting paid instead of the roads getting paved. So, yeah, they get paid a lot of money. To expect them to want to have some sort of safety versus COVID, I don't know how that's complicated. And secondarily, if your point is we need football, shut up and tackle, they're not going to be able to tackle if four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, twenty players are sidelined every week because of this disease. So, as you know, you're, you handle the tweet responsibilities for the Steelers outpost because I see zero upside to social media, especially during this pandemic and all wrong. the political stuff going on. I mean, we learned some things from s- several people, but it, it you've got to really dig for the needle in the haystack for that stuff. But I did send you a text when we started talking about this earlier this, this week. Yeah. You know what happens when you have monopolies? You get you get lazy at a minimum. I won't be politically incorrect here, but you get lazy. Sure. You don't have to think through things. The money's been flowing in at an unadulterated rate, except for what's going, maybe what's going to happen with the economy and their advertising dollars. Right. But there is no way they don't have the money, and they have hired medical and healthcare experts to to examine this. And they still are. This is the night before training camp for some teams. This reminds me of when I used to coach in the CYO, and the uniforms would show up maybe on the morning of the first game. Yeah, you just swap jerseys with the kid on the bench. You go in, you take the jersey. We'll sit on skins on the bench. Remember, number one would put his piece of tape on there, and now you're number seven. That's right. But unfortunately, the unfortunately the situation is the NFL's PA NFL PA's only option appears to be filing an unsafe work environment grievance. It's not like these guys can sit at home; they're in jeopardy uh, violating their contracts if you know. There's no such thing as a conscientious uh, objector in the NFL. Right, and they have to fire. That's the only option they have. Uh, a workplace. What is it? What did you call it? What kind of grievance was it? Uh, work unsafe work environment grievance. Yeah, they're not making that grievance because they, they're they scared or whatever. They have to make that because that's their only option to have the NFL make a plan. They do want to play. By the way, first off, these are the most competitive individuals on the earth. That's why they're there. Uh, somebody was talking on a podcast the other day. Which one was it? I can't remember. It was one of the comedy podcasts. 
and somebody had gone to school. It was like Tom Segura had gone to school and played against Heath Evans in high school. Heath Evans, a big, white, burly fullback, played for the Saints and some other teams. He's an NFL, I think he was an NFL network guy for a while as well. And Tom Segura, the comedian, was expressing, like, he was a pretty good high school football player. They had a really good team, his school. They had multiple pro athletes at their school, a huge school. Heath Evans went to a crap school with a terrible football team. But they had Heath Evans. And Heath Evans played, I believe, at, might have been LSU, and then obviously 10 years in the NFL. And he had the pleasure of running into Heath uh, while they were doing a podcast a couple weeks ago. And he said, hey, there's like, there's no way you remember this, but our high schools played each other uh, like my junior year. And he's figuring Heath isn't going to remember this, right? Because he's played a thousand games in between now and then. Heath cuts him off and said, oh, yeah, you guys got us there. But I had 148 and two TDs that game. What do you think about that? These guys are the most competitive people in the world. And Seguro said, that's the difference I've found between big athletic guys who played in college and then the people who make it to the NFL is that psychotic extra gene that they have in there. So these guys want to play just from a competitive standpoint. And then if you want to make it about business, you can't afford to wait a year. Like, look what happened to Le'Veon Bell, one of the greatest athletes on the planet, how his stock exploded. Madden barely even has him as an 80 this year, and he's up in arms about it. By the way, Le'Veon Bell, who, of course, is training with James Conner and Samuels and all the Steelers running backs, trying to get – just can't shake that black and gold, can you? But what I'm trying to say is also from an earning perspective, you need to earn now. You only have a few years to earn in the NFL. So this is coming from the players from a standpoint of like, dude, we are are down for everything, but the fact that we have no plan – is what's really alarming. And people are putting up suggestions all over the place, but I don't know what it is, why the NFL won't do this, because it's inevitable. Like, it's going to affect the season. Well, there's only one way to make this riskless, and that is to not have football. The next level down, if the players are looking for the next level of protection, they are calling for daily testing, which would recall, which would require them to have the test results the next day. Right, you come into camp, right. you're tested. Technically, you should come into camp and you should be quarantined, which is what they ask for. They they ask for a 21 day acclimation period, yeah, prior to, to training camp, so that you make sure that everybody entering camp is germ free or coronavirus free. Well, that didn't happen, obviously. The next, uh, so if they start testing right away, you know, something beyond do you have a fever, but you're literally getting a test. How quickly do those results come back? Because if you have it and you don't have the results the next morning, and by the way, it's not always detectable, even if you can get the test results, who do you infect the next day? So there's still, I'm not sure there's such a significant risk that I wouldn't take it, but there's still, there's still, there's still a decent chance, right? As you were pointing out, everybody's in pretty close proximity. Once you get your test and you're on the field, there's not much, there's nothing to do to protect these guys. You are now full-on, full-contact, exposed to each other. I agree, and I think the players aren't looking for a way to make this experience 100% safe. They're just looking for some sort of effort to mitigate that damage, and that's what, amazing, that's what amazes me is that we have nothing except for taking the practice squads from 90 players to 80 players, which, as you and I have talked about before, is actually a health risk in itself. So the irony of that is pretty funny. And I, right now I'm coming across, I feel like I've been coming across so negative on the recent podcasts here, but I think it's more just passion 
because I'm legitimately shocked that there's nothing in place. We're not, we, like you said, hey, you're going to get it. Uh, people are going to get it. But you can clearly uh, have less people get it. And that will be preferable because we only have a couple shots of this as Steelers fans right now before we, we run into some uh, shakeups, organizational shakeups. So we can't lose a year to a disease here. Look, you know what? I actually don't buy that you get significant protection by having fewer guys out there. If you have your protocol in place, the daily testing, and the results come back the next day, I don't think, I think actually expanding the roster is something you and I were talking about because guys are going to go down this season. I mean, they're going to go down from this yeah. virus and they're going to get plucked off the roster, and you're going to need to be able to plug holes in a way you haven't had to in the past. Listen, you're not getting your risk down to zero. And you're right, these guys are very competitive and they're willing to accept some. Some yeah. decent size risk on this coronavirus. Here's the other question. So the NFL players, let's say they get this done and they get their daily testing and they get their test results back tomorrow. When in Texas, where you live, it's taking, what, a week to 10 days to get results back? Not quite. It, it's maybe three, four days each time in my experience. And I've done okay. it three times. Yeah. Well, maybe this is your typical news media blowing things out of proportion out of a few hot spots in the country, but they're right. talking it's, it's about hard to find getting them. But you know what? I'm sure in other, other places it is, although in my, I would anticipate the Dallas Cowboys and Houston Texans wouldn't have so, many So ironically, we have a situation where, you know, they're still rich guys, or at least it's a rich organization, and they get their tests overnight when the proletariat has to wait in line for their test results. Yeah, then, okay, then that's actually the situation where you might be getting into my taxpayer analogy. That's where it does get a little bit funny because if you're getting preferential treatment from these facilities who need to turn around and get test results to people, like now you are sort of interfering outside of your own little economy. If people buy tickets to your game, people watch the advertisements on your games, stuff like that. Well, look, as, as you know, as we talked about in a previous episode, Congress has given an, uh, an exemption a monopoly exemption or trust exemption to the NFL to negotiate together these television contracts. Why should they get an exemption? It's just for the entertainment of the country, which is the same argument you'd use for getting them. They'd get their test faster so we can get That's our true. football. Good point. Good point. And, you know, when I we'll when I think it. about this, <laughs> well, we're, we're desperate for football, <laughs> but where I live, as you know, we got back from the beach. I went to the doctor that afternoon for essentially just swimmers here, but I was there and I said, hey, why don't, Doc, can I get swabbed? He said, yeah, and immediately, within seconds, I had a swab up yeah. my nostril, yeah, and I had the results back in about three days. Yeah, it's where, it's where we live. I mean, there's plenty of money around here, and these, plenty of tests was available. Plenty of tests were available. Who said this? It was a former lineman. I saw this tweet here before we kind of move on. Uh, I know you guys are tired of hearing about this, but hey, it's about to happen, and it's actually it's pretty fascinating seeing how people are going to how people are going to handle this situation. But let me see. Let me see. I can't remember. But either way, one of the like former linemen, it might have been Baldy, had made a suggestion. Maybe this is a gross oversimplification, but maybe what you do, at least for the 21-period introduction period, 21-day introduction period, you have everybody report on the first day, take a test, go home, like wait till the second day, take another test, go home and I, I don't know you just you're basically trying to make some sort of barrier uh, by taking some extra days to uh, ensure that nobody has it but either way I've, I've exhausted kind of my opinions on it I'll be curious to see what happens with teams reporting by the time this podcast comes out almost 
We have some great, great breaking news, one I'm sure that our audience will, will share in the joy. Chidi Awuma has been promoted. He was previously our Blesto Scout. He is now a Coward Scout. Chidi, what, was, what is a Blesto Scout? Well, you know Blesto, the, the scouting organization that was formed by... No, this? I don't. You never heard of that? No, and sorry to everybody for our... We are in Sawdust Studios here, so... If, the, the noise in the background, that's just machinery. That's just uh, r- standard machinery, routine machine um, uh, juncture uh, corroboration. So don't worry about that. Anyway, Blesto is the scouting organization oh, formed yeah. by several NFL teams, oddly enough. So I'm just getting there because here I am. Well, it's not a damn word well, about it here the, the on reason Wikipedia. why? Well, who cares? It's scouting. He's moved up, and Cheedy is one of... Our favorite, probably a top uh, t- top fifteen favorite Steeler for us of all time. You know, a lot of our our top fifteen would be the big stars everybody knows about, but Dan Kreider and Chidi Awuma are two unheralded guys who are who are way up there on the list for us. Chidi, because of his name, it's just the best name anyone's ever said. Chidi Awuma just rolls off the damn tongue, and he was just a special team stud. For some reason, the guy just kept making the team, kept making the team, kept making special teams tackles, and those guys really endear themselves to you. And then when you find out that they're even more loyal to the cause, that they're working their way up through the scouting ranks for the black and gold, it's a thing of beauty. Blesto is an organization formed 40 years ago by the Bears, Lions, and Steelers. It stands for Bears, Lions, Steelers Talent Organization. So these were the guys who collected data on, on college classes. So I'm not exactly sure what the distinction is, and this is this being a move up for Chidi, but we'll research that, and if there's anything that matters, we'll report next week. But honestly, good news about Chidi is good news for all of us. I'm not sure what the Bears and Lions have been doing with this counter. It just doesn't seem to be doing the same thing for them. So July 16th came and went, and there was no additional new news about Bud Dupree. So let's start our prognostication about 2021 and bud right now well it's just going to be so incredibly difficult to have two edge rushers a quarterback a defensive end and cameron hayward who hasn't been signed up unless they'd have the balls to let cam walk just the thing is you don't have people in the pipeline really behind cam or bud to step up yes we're we're excited about a high smith but we don't really know anything about him and with the truncated offseason, who knows how he's going to be able to do this year. Um, but I just, I, yeah, TJ's getting signed. Ben's still going to be on the books. I guess it depends on what they do with Juju, but it, it's going to be really difficult to outbid people for Bud Dupree when the time comes next year. Well, we did Bummer. okay for four years without Bud 2019. Did we do well for four years? <laughs> we did okay. I think we did horrific for three of the four years, and then it came along. So I have flashbacks all the time to the Super Bowl chances ruined by not a bad, but a shockingly bad defense. Well, you point out there are a lot of holes to fill and a lot of lawns to mow. It's true, but there are guys who are sticking around. We, we won't dive back into this topic. We, we did this a lot right when the season ended, but... Outside of Joe Hayden, the secondary has some interesting pieces. If you can keep Cam and Hilton and obviously Minka, Terrell Edmonds, who's slowly improving. Maybe he'll never justify the first-round pick, but if he could play like a good third-round pick, I'd be pretty happy. Uh, If he could be a Mike Hilton equivalent 
or something like that, then we're doing all right. So we have some continuity. Then, of course, Devin Bush and uh, future star Ulysses uh, Gilbert, uh, linebacker. So we'll see how he does. But, yep, bud, no contract. We'll see how it goes. Oh, the other big piece of news, though, is, is Chris Jones, the defensive, the star defensive lineman for the Chiefs, signed a big deal for those guys, which is Cam Hayward's direct comparison for who he's going to sign with. I mean, you have Aaron Donald at the very top, and then you have that little group right below of Cam, Chris Jones, and Fletcher Cox. So if we could find Chris Jones' contract details, I know we don't have this in our outline, that can give you a little bit of an indication as to what Cam Hayward's going to be looking for. Now, Chris Jones is a lot younger. He's in his 20s, early, mid-20s. Chris Jones just signed a four-year, $80 million contract with $60 million guaranteed. There's your benchmark. There you go. And like I was saying, like I was saying, he's a little bit, he's, he, he's considerably younger than Cam Hayward, so that might get, that might play a part. I would think that Cam Hayward is the kind of guy who would maybe not take a hometown discount, but I don't think he'd be just trying to absolutely destroy the bank that way. The only thing that I wonder could possibly motivate this super Pittsburgh guy, you know, Pittsburgh family guy, from to leave Pittsburgh is the fact that he's so criminally underrated, probably one of the... If there's a list of five people who are absurdly underrated in the NFL, he's one of them. People don't know who he is. And the guy is arguably the second best defensive lineman in the league. And for whatever reason, he just didn't get the credit. Maybe it was because he had such a such a slow ascension to superstardom. You know, he was kind of one of those guys who got a little bit better. was always good. Just got a little better every year. Uh, early in his career, the Steelers didn't let him get sacks. That was not the point of their defense. His job was to eat up people in the run game and eat up uh, blockers in the pass game so that the edge rushers could inevitably not get there, in his case, until obviously TJ and Bud came along. But... That would be the only reason I could see him wanting to get paid and go somewhere else. I just couldn't see this guy leaving Pittsburgh, so I'm sure that his deal would get done in similar ways to many other Steelers star player deals have gotten done over the years, where it's like, yeah, he's getting paid great, but if you look at the contract, it might be a little team-friendly. That would be my prediction, although it's scary that we don't have one yet. This is interesting. It's not. It's semi-Steelers related, but... Do you know how Miles Garrett got punished for that little incident on the field? Yeah, poor Miles. Poor Miles just signed a five-year, $125 million contract that includes $100 million guaranteed. Wow. Yeah, That's he's crazy. He, he seems worth it. I mean, say what you will about him in the Mason Rudolph incident. That definitely changes my opinion of him forever, especially with his actions after... I don't know. It just there, there's a lot of question marks around him, and, and what happened in that incident. And obviously, going off like that was disturbing and weird. And I don't like him because he's a Browns player, but he is—he's amazing. He's insanely good. And I think that it's a good idea to wrap those kind of lock those kind of guys up. And you know, he's one. Jadavion Clowney's another. Uh, maybe Mario Williams way back in the day, where these guys who are these surefire superstar edge rusher picks Chase Young who got drafted to the Washington no-names this year 
Um, but he doesn't seem to have the injury concerns that some of those other guys have. So, and he, you know, he got a rest for six games where he wasn't injured this past year. So that's some longevity. But yeah, I guess guys are getting paid out there. Damn it, he's gonna be. <laughs> I was kind of hoping he'd leave. Notice that you haven't shaved this week. You know what? I, I haven't. And if I had any kind of brain, I would. But I'm having an issue with my facial razor. Now, you and I shouldn't be talking about this, but if I was about to walk outside to the pool, if I was going to be rocking the Speedo, nobody would be saying this guy hasn't shaved because this guy looks smooth as a whistle. A whistle with huge biceps. And that's because I use Manscaped. Manscaped, the greatest product ever created. Lawnmower 3.0 by this point, I believe. My goodness, precision tools for your family jewels. Guys, I, every week this is how I cut the, the, the commercial short because I actually use this stuff. I'd be using it if they did not sponsor us. I have turned a bunch of my friends onto the product uh, uh, verbally. There have been no demonstrations or anything given. I tell them, do what you will. I don't want to know about it. I just know that it's going to be successful. It's impossible to cut yourself while you are sculpting the hedges as you will. And this is an important part of anybody who wants to have any kind of social life, if you know what I mean. So get Manscaped done. They also have cool balms and anti-chafing creams and things that you didn't think you needed until you try them and realize my life has been vastly improved. But that's, you know, that's different from the lawnmower, the, the actual shavers, because you know you need those. And man, that's just one thing in your life they used to be a pain in the ass, and now it's not. Uh, those painful nicks and tugs, they're gone. So, either way, 20% off, free shipping, and there's no either way. There's just one way. It's with the code armchair, manscaped.com. Do it. So, you and I were talking about the Madden rankings that are just readings, I guess, that came out. We talked about this last year. And Every you were trying year. to explain to me the, the cultural mystique of, of Madden. I still don't get it. Do you? Here's my question. Because usually the bit we go with every year, because we do this every year. It wasn't just last year. It shows how much you care about Madden. But, it's just. Oh, yeah, here he goes. It's just the game. That's what he would tell me. It's just a cartoon. It's oh, just a cartoon. A cartoon. A cartoon. And when, I, when, and when makes... Nick comes home, lays on his childhood bed, turns that Madden, what, 2008 on? And he adjusts all the players to mimic the current right. roster, except for Dan Kreider. He stays. Who else is on the team from the late 2000s? Chidi Awuma. <laughs> and he adjusts Troy's a backup. The, uh, Troy's a backup. I couldn't cut it. <laughs> and I noticed and that there are controls to control what speed and agility and all these other factors Listen, that went into the players right, back okay. then. Yes, yes. I was playing Madden 2006 way back in the day and I still play it now when I go home as a nice blast of the past because the game was more fun then it was a nice blend between realistic but also a video game where now I think a complaint that everybody makes is that they try to make it too realistic and the problem there isn't like oh it's realistic I want it to be arcade like I believe the problem is you can't make a video game at least when it comes to football, there's too many specific motions. It can't be that realistic. Even soccer, all the players essentially play the same position. 
and there's a lot of room for movement on the field. So that can feel kind of real. Whereas football, it's too tricky. So it just gets herky-jerky. Like they always have this issue when you catch the ball and you try and turn up the field and run the way that the interface works. They always slow down when they catch the ball. And, and so it's like, that's actually unrealistic because you're trying to make it so that people can't just run away from everybody. But either way, the Madden ranking reveals every year, they are a big deal because the NFL play. it's like the one thing in the news cycle, Dad, that lasts for more than one day. These guys, the players themselves, are tweeting about the rankings for a week. And essentially what happens now is it used to be if you were a good player, if you were like a Pro Bowl caliber player, you could be a 90 or above, but now they rarely give out a 90 ranking. And they seem to have these biases towards old players. So, for instance, there's only a couple guys in the whole game who are above a 95. Rob Gronkowski, the same Rob Gronkowski who did not play last year, and the same Rob Gronkowski who was a shell of himself the year before, he is a 95. Drew Brees, Tom Brady, 93s, 95. Like, these guys have these insanely high rankings where I think the casual, even most casual fans of this pant point no well i'm giving people too much credit there if you watch them play like yeah they're still really good but this isn't drew Brees and tom brady from five years ago so there's a lot of weirdness with the rankings although they tend to get them right towards the top you know mahomes is a 99 russell wilson's the second best quarterback behind him although they did put christian mccaffrey at a 99 which is weird because he's good but 99 feels like you're saying he's one of the best running backs ever right because either way let's get to the steelers the Steelers got hosed. T.J. Watt, not only is he not a 90, he's not even one of the 10 best edge rushers in the game. Minka Fitzpatrick, not a top 10 safety in Madden's eyes. Not a 90 as well. So there are a couple, even Cam Hayward was a little bit low. I think he's a 90 or 91 or something like that, so at least he gets some respect. But that's another reason why we're talking about Cam this week, because even he was pissed off about him. And they're all posting these motivational posts like, good, keep sleeping on me. Le'Veon Bell saying this is about to be my best year yet, legitimately. Keep sleeping on me, Cam Hayward. When people know, they'll know. Uh, Steven Nelson, Madden doesn't even know who he is. I think they forgot to put him in the game. Joe Hayden, you know, whatever. But the... The low rankings of, of T.J. Watt and, and Minka Fitzpatrick are kind of shocking. Although, obviously, the, ra- the ratings are dumb. That's what we're establishing here. So who cares about what they are? But it is interesting because it's difficult to see how Madden arrives at these ratings. Why don't they let PFF do the ratings for them? They're not accurate, but they're more accurate than this. Like, hey, that guy seems pretty famous. J.J.'s still a 98. Like, J.J.'s played one out of the past four years. You wisely stay out of the credit economy, so I'm not sure you've ever heard of this, but do you know what a FICO score is? <laughs> no, no, I don't. A FICO score is the way you're judged by an unknown entity, sort of like the Wizard of Oz behind a curtain. And every time you breathe, cough, sneeze, sleep, buy something, not buy something, get another credit card, your mm. FICO score changes. And that is how... They adjudicate decisions about offering you credit. Unfortunately, some people think that having more credit cards hurts your score, when in fact it could actually help your score. Paying off a credit card, ironically, sometimes hurts your score. It's unknowable. Manipulating your FICO score is really hard to do in a way that you control it, which is what I think about these Madden ratings. There's a black box. There's some guys having a great time 
They're getting beer and pizza. Long weekend. Honey, I'm going Thursday night. I'll see you Sunday afternoon because <laughs> we got to get these scores out. And they are just throwing darts. They are. It's so funny. There's so much money and so much fame involved in it, and they know they're going to get ripped. But I guess you don't get ripped by name. That's what we should do. We should make the Madden Raiders. They actually have, like, Twitter accounts for, like, Madden's rating adjuster. No, we need your first and last name on there, buddy. And we need you to have a whole press junket that you have to go through. The players conduct it. And we need to put, you know, a face to this name where this guy realizes, I need to start getting these more correct because otherwise... I need to start talking to coaches. I need to start watching film. I need to take a film for dummies class. We need to figure this thing out because I have to be accountable. There's no accountability now. I mean, that's just not a good system. I got Kyler Murray tweeting oh, about yeah. tweeting about uh, Aaron Rodgers. He said, just two quarterbacks over 95. Rodgers is outside the 90s club. Yeah, exactly. It's insanity. Kyler Murray, I don't even think they gave him an 80. And I, I, Kyler Murray is my favorite dude to play with outside of Ben, obviously. And Madden, I think Kyler Murray is going to be able to make a run an Offensive Player of the Year this year. Uh, people talking about him for MVP, I just don't see that happening. You need to be a first-place team, really, to get MVP, and that division's too hard. But with those weapons that he has over there, adding Hopkins, like they're pretty they could be pretty crazy. The, the way I think about Kyler Murray, side note, because I was think, I was trying to figure out how to explain him to people. It's like he's not quite as fast as Lamar Jackson, and he's not quite as good of a thrower as Patrick Mahomes, which is insane that you could be in the same ballpark as both of those guys. Like, to be in the same sort of speed arena as Lamar and the throwing, he might not have the power of Mahomes, but it's not that far away. And he definitely has the off-platform thing that Mahomes has. Like This is insane because Mahomes isn't in the same universe running as Lamar, right? And Lamar isn't in the same universe uh, as passing as Mahomes. And they're both good at all that. But Murray is like, well, he's, he's not that much slower than Lamar. And the throwing is similar to Mahomes. So this guy... The only thing against them is his size. We'll see how that holds up against you know, him in the long run. But that's why I think he's such an intriguing uh, player. That's just kind of an aside, something I was thinking today. But wait, Dad, this could have a real implication on the Steelers season because, like I said, the players do care what they're ranked. Jalen Ramsey said, laughing, that he just puts himself up to a 99 every year anyway, so he doesn't care what the ranking is outside of the game. But these guys do care. Le'Veon Bell and Cam Hayward do seem hurt by this. Maybe this is what the Steelers needed, because I personally have been worried that the defense is going to rest on their laurels, knowing that they're beasts. And then they get Ben back in the fold, they take their foot off the gas, and that's what happens. We see it. The Steelers, led by Mike Tomlin, are an emotional team. They get up for the big games, and they don't get up for the small ones. This is a good way to start the season with some perceived disrespect there. Well, it goes back. Uh, yeah, they, they clearly care. I mean, they're, they're tweeting about it. They're complaining about it. And yeah. you and I agree that it's always better to be off the radar screen or at the bottom rung of the ladder to add the motivation. Although I'll say I'll repeat something you said at the beginning. There is no more competitive person in the world than an NFL player. So I'm not sure how much more bulletin board material they need, but it can't hurt us. Speaking of quarterbacks, you know, it looks like we might squeeze two more years out of Ben. And the vac- the vacation, the vacancing of his $40 million contract offers an opportunity because you know who's 
eyeing to get out of Dodge or mm-hmm. Dallas, as the case may be, is Dak Prescott. And funny, our sponsor, Bet Online, gives the Steelers 10 to 1 odds that Prescott plays for us in 2021. I mean, that would be unbelievable. You know, Dak may not be quite the quarterback that Ben is at Ben's peak, but he's not like that far away. He, he, I think Dak is a very good starting NFL quarterback. Great size, great pocket presence, very good arm, very good runner, very good leader. Everyone likes him. Smart guy and insanely durable. He's never missed a game. The only thing that I think separates Ben from him is is Ben's throwing's just a little bit more natural. It's a little bit more perfect when uh, when he's on that way. But just the release, Ben has a quicker release. He's, he's just a very fluid thrower that way. And Dak isn't a bad thrower. He's a good thrower, but it is a little bit of an elongated release at, at points and stuff like that. But this is just a good opportunity to say, hey, the Steelers might not be screwed when Ben leaves. If they can retires, excuse me, not leaves, retires. If like there might be some quarterbacks who are on the market as long as the Steelers team is still intact. Now it may be screwed as it is. Tomlin might go, you Hayward and Tuitt might be gone, Marquise is gone, who knows what what's up with DeCastro by that point. So who knows? But if the Steelers are in a good point when Ben's out of there, maybe they do pick up a Dak Prescott, although it would take an insane sum of money. Um, and, and he probably wouldn't do that because if he's going year to year in Dallas, so right now he's taking the franchise tag, right? He's put, he's trying to go for the Kirk Cousins route because if they want to franchise tag him next year, it goes up by a lot. And then that way, because, you know, with the franchise tag, you're being played like a top five player. So he's got a massive contract essentially for the next two years. And then if they want to franchise tag him again, they'll never do it because franchising a, a quarterback three times basically makes you pay Patrick, Patrick Mahomes deal in, in, in one year, essentially. It's astronomical. So I don't know if he'd go to the, if the Steelers would be willing to pay some insane high price to get him a long-term deal or not. But the bottom line is it's an option. Like who knows what happens with Matthew Stafford with the Lions? What if something happens with Kirk Cousins or Matt Ryan, or guys who are maybe not Ben, but really good quarterbacks who could fill in for a year or two. Just because I don't think you, I, or many other Steelers fans anticipate the Steelers being able to 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 draft a quarterback high enough for the guy to really be a stud. It happened with Ben, and they were able to trade up to get him at 11, and we've seen, hey, Mur- um, not Murray, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, they were 10 and 11, so it does it does happen. But, man, it just takes a lot of things to fall right for that to happen. And, and the implication is you kind of need to be bad enough to be near there. So that, that's just a good point to point out that, hey, Dak might be an option. There might be some other guys who are options. And we've seen Rich Gannon. We've seen Kerry Collins. seen all kinds of quarterbacks go in uh, to a different place late in their career. Tom Brady's probably going to do well in, in Tampa Bay. Uh, Joe Montana, it happens. So maybe that's something that the Steelers will be looking for in the future. Damn, I would kill for it to be Dak. This week promises intrigue, conflict, and a lot more material for next week's podcast. Visit our website at www.steelersoutpost.com. Check us out on Instagram at Steelers Outpost. Hit us up on Twitter at Steelers Outpost or shoot us an email at SteelersOutpost at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Until next week, go Steelers. Okay, bye-bye.
Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. .edu slash podcast. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. All state vehicle and property insurance company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.